seven redemptive names that are found in the Scripture in the Old Testament uh, that we want to look at uh, today. And I want to give you a, a quote from C.I. Schofield in his reference Bible. He says about the name Jehovah. These are compound names. They're Jehovah, uh, different names, Jehovah Shammah, and so forth. And so he says this. He says, Jehovah is distinctly the redemption or redemptive name of deity or the redemptive name of God. Jehovah is distinctly the redemptive name of deity. In God's redemptive relation to man, he said, various compound names of Jehovah are found which reveal him as meeting every need of man from his lost state to the end. In other words, all of the needs of humanity are met being clearly defined in these names, these seven redemptive names, Jehovah, Shammah, or Jehovah, so on, Sitkinu, Jehovah, Raha, whatever those names are, the, in those names are, are found redemption and how it meets or covers every need of humanity from his lost state or until the end. So God's names reveal different dimensions of his character. And then F.F. Bosworth says in his book, Christ the Healer, about these names as well. He says, since it is his redemptive relation to us that these names reveal... They must each point to Calvary where we were redeemed or to the cross where we were redeemed. And the blessing that each name reveals must be provided by the atonement or by the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. So whatever these names communicate, they point to Calvary or they point to the cross and whatever these names reveal that provision was provided through the death of Jesus Christ, through the blood of Christ, through his crucifixion, and so forth. So again, he says, the blessing that each name reveals must be provided by the atonement or the redemptive work of Christ. This the scriptures clearly teach. So today we want to look at these different names and see what promises are then fulfilled through Jesus Christ. Now, for the sake of time, we will not look at all of the different references in the Old Testament where these names are actually brought out, uh, because we're, I'm going to try to uh, give you a lot of Scripture and give you all seven of these names in a brief time. And so we'll just look, primarily our focus will be on how Jesus was in the fulfillment of these names. If these are redemptive names, then Jesus would have to be the fulfillment of them. Uh, the scripture says it this way, all the promises of God in him are what? Yes and amen. And other translations basically say, are, are saying all the promises of God are fulfilled. That's why God says yes. They're all fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So in and through Jesus Christ, all these uh, Jehovah compound names are fulfilled. In other words, if he declared himself 
to be Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, your healer. That is fulfilled in the person of Jesus. So the first name we want to look at today is Jehovah Shammah, which means the Lord is there or present. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there or present. So this name reveals to us the redemptive privilege of enjoying God's presence. The privilege or the redemptive privilege of enjoying God's presence. So beginning uh, with Ephesians chapter 2, we'll begin with verse uh, 12. Ephesians 2 and verse 12. It says, Wherefore, remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that. I'm actually reading verse 11, excuse me. Verse 12, it says that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So what's that saying? You're without a, a, a covenant? Uh, you're, uh, you're strangers to the covenants of promise. You're, you're without hope. You're without God in the world. That is your spiritual condition without Jesus Christ. I'm very glad that's not our condition today. Now, verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh. How? By the blood of Christ, which represents our redemption. We were afar off. We were separated from God. But God, through the blood of Christ, has drawn us near to himself. That we are no longer without hope, without God in this world, having no covenant with God. But thank God Jesus' blood has given us a new covenant established upon better promises. And Jesus is the mediator of that new covenant. And so Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of this Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there or the Lord is present. So you're no longer away from God or strange from God, but you've been brought near near to God. So he is present with you. Well, he's not only present with you or around you, but he is present in you. Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, and this is a mystery according to Colossians 1.27. This is part of the mystery of the gospel that now Jesus Christ has come to indwell us. Jesus has come to live on the inside of us. Wow, that's amazing. So wherever you go, he is there. Wherever you show up in life, he is there. But we don't want to just uh, say that he's there. We want to know and be confident that he is there. And we want to be aware of his presence. Are you with me? So, uh, you know, when I was a teenager, there was a book called Practicing the Presence of the Lord. Practicing the Presence of the Lord. In other words, every day you practice his presence. So he is there, but if you're not aware of his presence, then it's not as enjoyable. Uh, I mean, you're aware of his presence in more recent times. You know, we, uh, uh, it was popular to have a, a little bracelet that said, uh, what would Jesus do? What is the idea here? To have a bracelet say, what would Jesus do? I'm sure a lot of people wore those bracelets and did some stuff that Jesus wouldn't do. All right. 
but what is, the, what is the idea or the point of wearing a bracelet? This is what would Jesus do? It is to remind you that Jesus is in you and that Jesus is with you. And what would he do uh, if he was in this situation? So when you practice the presence of the Lord, you're aware of his presence, you're worshiping God, you're, you're, you're praising him constantly, you're aware of his presence. When my wife and I first got married, you know, I, I would scare her sometimes because, you know, we'd just be in the house and all of a sudden I'd go, woo! Now, why in the world would I, would I do that? Because I'm just happy and I want to express it in some kind of verbalization, I want to I I praise God out loud. And so I would just make a shrill sound out loud. And so she would jump, but after a while, she quit jumping. Now she just jumps when I say Vicky. <laughs> Seriously. Now some of you are taking that the wrong way. I know your unrenewed mind, your unrenewed male chauvinist mind, come on. No, but just yesterday I said, Vicki, and she said, ah, I don't know why. She's just a little jumpy. And uh, sometimes I just walk in the room and she, ah, I, I don't know. I don't really scare her when she figures out it's me. She's, she's okay. But, uh, but earlier, you know, I would just shout it and praise the Lord and it, it would uh, kind of make her a little jumpy. But she got used to it because I'm going to do it. I'm going to praise God. I don't just praise God at church. I praise God at the house. I don't just praise God, uh, you know, at church. I praise God in my car. Why? Because he is there. He's present. I'm aware. He's in the house or he's in the car. He's in the church. He's in, uh, in and around me. Praise God for his presence. How many are glad for the presence of God? I mean, when I was a, a kid, I remember my mom, uh, because my mother loved to worship God and she loved to pray, and so uh, I'd hear her pray or I'd see her pray and see her worship God, and, and, and that was just common. I, that was every day. It was not like, uh, it was a lifestyle. It wasn't like, oh, every six months or a year, maybe Jesus would show up at our house. No, Jesus, he just lived there. And so he lived in my mom, and so she was so aware of his presence. As a child, I didn't understand that. Honestly, I didn't have a real clear concept of why she would praise God and pray in other tongues and, and worship Jesus like she did. I didn't really quite get that as a child. Well, you know, as a child, you don't really uh, figure out everything in life, right? You don't have it all figured out. Uh, I mean, you're 55. You still don't have it figured out, right? And so, but, but as a child, you're, you're trying to figure stuff out, you know? And uh, so I know my, my wife, when she was a, a, a child, she, her grandfather, he had a nice big garden and had all kinds of vegetables and fruits and so forth. And uh, he grew some radishes and he grew strawberries and they were both red. And so my wife got to eat a, eat a, a radish, and, and it was red. And so when they offered her strawberries, she said, no, thank you. I don't, I don't, I don't think I want that. Because she didn't know what a strawberry tastes like. You know, there's a lot of people that are Christians even. They don't even hardly know what the presence of God tastes like. Uh, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is what? Good. Now, when she finally broke down and she finally ate a strawberry, she's been loving strawberries ever since. She doesn't want it reddish, but she wants a strawberry. 
and she likes to cover up the red with chocolate, put chocolate on the strawberries. So, and so, but you know, if you've never tasted the presence of God, then you're not aware of what it's like. But once you taste of the presence of God, you want more of it. Amen. You want to enjoy the presence of God. And by the blood of Jesus, we can all enjoy the presence of God. Number two, Jehovah Shalom. What does Jehovah Shalom mean? It's the Lord, our peace, reveals to us the redemptive privilege of having God's peace in our life. That we don't want to be, we don't have to be, we certainly don't want to be without the peace of God in our life. So turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. In Colossians chapter 1, we're going to look at verse 20. But I'll just quote you a verse over in Romans chapter 5. It says, uh, therefore being justified, verse 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So those who were without God, without hope, had no covenant with God. He said, now you have peace with God. You have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus shed his blood, now you have peace with God through Jesus. That's amazing, isn't it? I remember being a sinner. One person. One person in the room remembers being a sinner. All right. Let me try that again. How many remember being a sinner without the presence of God? How many remember how stupid and foolish you acted many times? And you thought that was your fun, right? And you did the most foolish things, and you thought you were having fun. But, man, now when you get in the presence of God, you can have some of the most fun of your life in the presence of Jesus, just enjoying the glory of God and the presence of God in your life because you're happy in Jesus, and you have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you in Colossians 1? Verse 20, Colossians 1, verse 20, it says, And having made peace, how? Through the blood of his cross. He's Jehovah Shammah, the, uh, Shalom. He is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. And he's made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, Yet now hath he reconciled. In other words, God has made peace between you and him. You were wicked in this scripture right here. You were foolish in your ways, in your lifestyle. But thank God for the blood of Jesus. God loved you and he reconciled you, restored you to a place of friendship with himself so that you could have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Actually, one uh, person said it this way, shalom means nothing missing and nothing broken. Man, when you came to Jesus, there was a lot of stuff broken, right? But when you get saved, you were regenerated spiritually, you were born again, and you received peace with God. It is a wonderful thing to get up in the morning and not feel condemned and feel like you're not worthy and you're not enough. And, and you know, I understand that some of that leftover comes from the world and, and your, your life as a, as a sinner, and it tries to just dominate your life. But let me tell you, Jesus' blood washed your sin away. Away. Hallelujah. Jesus' blood washed your sin away and cast it into a sea of forgetfulness. And he's telling you, forget about it. Amen. Forget about it. Forget the past. The past is gone. It should be forgotten. 
Amen. God is not remembering your sins against you. He has given you peace with himself. Number three is Jehovah Ra'a. Jehovah Ra'a means the Lord my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He became our shepherd by giving his life for the sheep. Therefore, this is a redemptive privilege purchased by the blood of Jesus or by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is your privilege as a believer in Christ. The Lord is my shepherd. John 10 verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd. He's, he's, he's not a, a hireling. You know what a hireling is? They're just there for the pay. No. Jesus gave his all. He laid it on the line. He laid it down. He gave his life for the sheep because he is a good shepherd. And he loved us enough to lay down his life so that he could be our shepherd. And what does he do? He feeds us. He leads us. He guides us. Turn with me, if you will, to Hebrews chapter uh, actually, Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. And we're going to go to verse 20. So Jesus is our shepherd. As I said, he leads us. He guides us. There's two uh, primary things that the shepherd does. He leads you, he guides you, and he feeds you, right? He leads you to green pastures. Well, in the spiritual sense, he leads you, he guides you into green pastures so that you're fed the word of God, so that you grow in the knowledge of Jesus and have a, a, a better relationship and fellowship with him. Are you in verse 20? It says, now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd. He's referred to as the good shepherd. Here he's referred to as the great shepherd of the sheep. Through the blood of the everlasting covenant. So how's he our shepherd? It's through the blood of an everlasting covenant. So in each case, these are referencing. These names are pointing to Calvary. It's pointing to the cross. It's pointing to what Jesus was going to do in his redemptive work. And what he did was so that he could be your shepherd. He could lead you. He could guide you. He could feed you. He could take care of you. He could protect you. He could preserve you. He could be your shepherd to your life. Verse 21 says, make you perfect in every good work to do his will. Perfect in every good work to do his will. Working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So God's working in you. What does Philippians 2 say? To will and to do of his own good pleasure. In other words, God's perfecting things in your life. He's your shepherd. How many are glad the shepherd doesn't just leave you when you're not at your best? The shepherd will go after you when you're straying away. He'll pull you back, right? He'll put that little hook around your neck. That's what it's for. To bring you back. Come on. How many are glad for Jesus' attitude and love for you? That he did and, and, and probably everybody in the room has strayed a little bit. At some point in time, 
You've strayed away from the Lord. You started getting away from God. But how many are glad the Holy Spirit is so gracious and kind? He didn't let you go to hell. Thank God he just drew you back to himself. He didn't let you just go to the world and just lose your mind. Sin will make you lose your mind. Amen. But thank God for Jesus. His love for us will help us and restore us. Because he wants us to be perfected in every way. Thank you, Jesus. Now, all of these verses, we could preach on them. But for the sake of time, I'm headed somewhere. I'm on a mission. So we're going to go to the next one. Jehovah Jireh. What does Jehovah Jireh mean? Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide. God provided an offering. And Christ was the offering provided for our complete redemption. Remember, uh, Abraham going up the mountain, and he took his son Isaac with him. And they, had, they, they were going to sacrifice, make sacrifice, but uh, there was no lamb. There was no animal sacrifice. But in Abraham's mind, he was willing to sacrifice his own son. It was a type of God sacrificing, right? But here, the Lord sees Actually, the word uh, Jehovah Jireh means the Lord sees and provides. So God saw and provided. A ram was caught in the thicket, and God had a provision for the sacrifice to be made. And Jesus Christ was God's lamb. God gave the lamb of God. Jesus was the lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world. What did John the Baptist say when he saw Jesus coming uh, toward him? He said, behold, the lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. What is this? Jesus would be that perfect lamb, that perfect sacrifice And his blood would be for the salvation of humanity. Thank God. God provided a lamb for our sin so that we could be redeemed from sin. We could be set free. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Let's go uh, to Hebrews chapter 10 and we'll look to verse 10. Hebrews 10 and verse 10. It says, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. If you uh, look at verses before, it says, a body have you provided. A body. In other words, Jesus came in a body. He was born of a virgin. He got in a body and he lived as a man. And he was a sinless man, lived a sinless life. And he was a perfect sacrifice for the sin of the world. And so here he says, uh, by the which we'll, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. In other words, God did provide a body for the sacrifice for our sin. And every priest stands daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. In other words, a priest year after year would offer the sacrifices the blood of animals and goats and so forth and bulls, and they would offer that blood as a sacrifice. But what? What? It did not take away sins. It only covered the sins of the people for one year. But Jesus' blood, hallelujah, did what animals' blood could not do. Verse 12, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, everybody say, one sacrifice 
for sins forever. Say it again. One sacrifice for sins forever. After he did that, it says he sat down at the right hand of God, meaning it was finished. It was over. It was done. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, it didn't mean redemption was totally complete. It simply meant it is finished. That's all I can do. Into your hands, Father, I commend my spirit. And he gave up the ghost. Now the Father took it from there. Praise God. On the third day, there was a resurrection. Glory to God. He was raised from the dead. He overcame death, hell, and the grave. He ascended to the right hand of the Father. And at that place, he is making intercession for you and for me. But Jesus' body was provided as a sacrifice. The Lord Jehovah Jireh will provide. The Lord Jehovah Jireh did provide. Glory to God. So Jesus was the fulfillment of every promise of God, every covenant name. Verse 13, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. By one offering of his own body he has perfected forever those who are sanctified. So this one offering of his body perfected whoever believes on Jesus Christ and God still working on you. Aren't you thankful God's patient? He didn't just give you eternal life in your spirit and make you a new creation. He's working on your soul. He's working in your mind. He's working in changing your thinking, changing the way you think, and changing the way you live your life so that your life is actually literally transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's amazing grace, isn't it? Can somebody say, God is good? Can somebody testify, He is patient? Thank you, Jesus. If He were not... We'd all probably be a spot somewhere. But he's so patient, so kind. He works with us day after day to help us to grow in his grace, in his knowledge, understanding. So he's Jehovah Jireh. The Lord did provide. But that provision provides every other thing. What does Philippians 4 verse 19 say? After it says, you know, you... No church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving. In other words, no church entered into partnership and opened a debit and credit account and giving and receiving except you only. He said, you've been faithful to sow that seed time and time again and, and give for the sake of the gospel. And he said at the end of that discourse in verse 19, he said, but my God shall supply. In other words, he's a covenant God. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Primarily in that case, it's talking about financial need. But I can tell you, through Jesus, all your need is supplied. Because we're just looking at all the different areas, all the different covenant compound names, Jehovah, right? And it covers all the need of man. Thank you, Jesus. So he will provide. Somebody say, the Lord will provide. Number, number five, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner or victor or captain. Jehovah Nisi is the Lord our banner. Now let's go to Colossians chapter 2. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15, 
It says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it or in himself, other translations say. Having spoiled principalities, the word spoil has to do with stripping away. It actually means like to strip off the, uh, a garment or strip away like a cast-off garment. In other words, Jesus was made to be our sin. He died in our place, and demons thought they had him controlled. But on the third day, Jesus stripped principalities and powers. That means the demons and the darkness and the devil himself was stripped away like a cast-off garment. He was spoiled. He was stripped. And he said, strip principalities and powers and made a show, which actually means that Jesus had a parade in downtown hell. I'm serious. In the heart of the earth, Jesus was raised from the dead, and he just paraded right downtown hill, and he dragged all his captives with him. He demonstrated, displayed, made a show of Satan's defeat. He's destroyed. He's stripped of his authority. He has no authority over your life. Jesus didn't need to come down here and do all he did to prove that he could whip the devil. He said, I beheld Satan fall as lightning from heaven. He said, I saw it when he was stripped of his his." power and he he lost the light and the glory and he fell down to the earth he said I saw that I don't need to come down here to prove I could whip the devil he said with the finger of God I cast out demons right but he did that for you he suffered on the cross for you he took your death for you he stripped principalities and powers for you so that you could stand up and say now thanks be unto God 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. Oh, Jesus. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, Jesus is Lord. He's the captain of your salvation. He is your victor. Somebody say, he's my victor. Well, his victory is your victory. You know, when a, a, a team in a city, you know, wins the championship, they usually have a parade. Listen, Jesus won the most important championship fight ever had on the earth or in eternity. Jesus won the victory over death, hell, the grave, the devil himself, and he defeated your adversary, and he said, now I want you to join the party. I want you to join the parade. I want you to celebrate. Glory to God. People have parades and celebrate sin. We can have a parade and celebrate him. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. People have, go to the Mardi Gras and lose their brain, lose their mind. Amen. But thank God for Jesus. There's a celebration going on. He wants you to celebrate the victory of Jesus because the Lord is your victor. He is your banner. He goes before you. Somebody say, God is good. good. Number six, Jehovah said, can you? The Lord, our righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, he who knew no sin was made to be sin that we might be made what? The righteousness of God in him. That you could have the righteousness of God as a free gift. That is a redemptive privilege, and anybody can receive the gift of righteousness by faith in Jesus Christ. 
By faith in what? By faith in his blood, by faith in his death, by faith in the blood of Jesus. You're made right with God. You have a right relationship with God. You're accepted. You, are, you can live your life free from sin, shame, guilt, condemnation. You just know Jesus himself is your righteousness. You couldn't do it yourself. What the blood of animals couldn't do could never take away sin. The blood of Jesus did do. It took away your sin and declared that you are not guilty. You're free. You're the righteousness of God before God, and God accepts you in Christ Jesus, and you are his beloved. That's amazing grace. I said, that's amazing grace. I said, that's amazing grace. Hallelujah. All right. Number seven. We said seven, right? This is not 777. This is seven redemptive names. Seven redemptive names, and number seven is Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord, thy physician. Exodus 15 and 26 says, I am the Lord that heals thee. I am the Lord, your physician, or I am the Lord that heals you. Think about God is our healer. We've been teaching on this recently, talking about healing, divine healing in redemption. What does Isaiah 53 say? Verse 4, surely he hath borne our sicknesses. And we've talked about the word there. Griefs would be better translated. What? Sicknesses. Surely hath borne our sicknesses. We've talked about and carried our pains. That word pain uh, would, be, uh, it would be better translated pains rather than Sorrows, right? So surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. What does verse 5 say? But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we, we what? We are. Somebody say we are. We are. Somebody say I am. I am. 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, what, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Everybody say, were. were. It's already done. Praise God. Because these are redemptive names. And Jesus Christ, all the promises of God are in him, yes and amen. So Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of every one of these covenant names. You have a covenant privilege over and over again. Praise God forever. I said you have a covenant privilege over and over again to enjoy God's blessings in your life. I'm going to read you a quote from F.F. F. Bosworth. It's called Christ the Healer. It's an old book, obviously. I've had it a long time. But it says... Since Jehovah Rapha, talking about the, uh, these names, he says, Since Jehovah Rapha is one of his redemptive names, sealing the covenant of healing, Christ, during his exaltation, could no more abandon his office of healer than that revealed by each of his other six redemptive names. Have any of the blessings which his redemptive names reveal been withdrawn from this better dispensation? The answer is no. And neither will he abandon this covenant name 
Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer, our physician. Praise God. So if every one of these other names are still working today, so is this healing covenant name. Praise God. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer, all the promises of God in him are Yes and amen. They're fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus did it, and he did it once, and he did it for all all people and all time. Anybody can receive Jesus as Savior. Anybody can receive him as their healer. Anybody can receive him as their righteousness. Anybody can receive him as their healer. Anybody can receive him as the Lord is present, Jehovah Shammah. So anybody can receive him as their healer. Anybody can receive him as their Victor Jehovah Nisi, so anybody can receive him as their healer. In other words, whatever he did in one name, come on, if he did it there, he did it here, did it here, did it here, all seven are true, so God is a healer too. Amen? He's your healer today. He's never changed his mind about healing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise God. And he's a mediator of a better covenant established upon better promises so we have a new covenant established upon better promises meaning that it's already done it's already finished it's already accomplished it's already yours it's already finished it's already in the bank of heaven and it belongs to you anybody can whoever will can anybody can believe on Jesus and have peace with God righteousness with God and anybody can receive Jesus as their healer as well amen somebody say I can I do believe Jesus is my healer.